welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We're excited to talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. Hey everybody, happy Friday. Welcome to the podcast, the place you all love to be, the place we Mm. all love you to be with you. Yes. I just wanted to give a quick update um, on the croc conversation, and it was a resounding, overwhelming majority that crocs are unacceptable. So sorry. Mm. Here's the thing: <laughs> if you're in, I, I, if you're in crocs right now, I, I love you, Selena. If you're listening to this, I love you, Selena. Uh, Alex and Karina, if you're listening to this, I love you guys. There's there's nothing there against you, but. Crocs are yuck. Okay. Okay. Oh, that's funny. That was a good conversation, though. It led to fun conversations. It did. It was funny. It was eye-opening. I feel like it was revealing hearts. Yeah. <laughs> the, the hearts of God and men were revealed on Good Friday. The I power love. of God was revolved, uh, revealed on Easter, and the heart of croc lovers and haters was revealed at the next podcast. I have to laugh. It was funny. I still laugh about it. So thank you for laughing with us. But you guys, this Friday we're in John 12 and there's a lot to say. And so we'll talk about it for, you know, 15 minutes or so about what stuck out to us, what's going on in that chapter, how we meet the Lord um, and what we're kind of learning. Let's jump in. Yeah. So Jesus is at Bethany and he's with Lazarus and Mary and Martha um, if you're trying to line this up with the other synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, some people think Simon the leper is the one hosting this party that they're celebrating. Oh. But the focus of the beginning uh, of the yeah. story here is that Mary takes some perfume or nard. And Let's use that. I like nard. that. Pure nard. The nard okay. dog. Um, <laughs> and it's good. valued at one year's <laughs> worth of wages. Yeah. And so I'm not sure what the average salary is here, whether it's like 70 grand or 80 grand or 100 grand or 40 grand. I don't know. Yeah, It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. And so just so you know, like the customary law at this time was when you hosted somebody and they came over, it was normal for you to have someone's feet washed. Like mm-hmm. guests, come on in. If you had a servant, would you please wash their feet? You might even have a little thing of oil that you would put one drop on their on their head. Head, yeah. That would allow them to smell good and for them to smell it as it's just this beautiful aroma. And you probably smelled bad. Yeah, so. you, yeah, especially me. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> to, have, to have you, the host, or one of the hostesses come down and wash feet was, you know, unheard of, which we also reflect on when Jesus does this. Right. But then to have someone crack open the thing of nard that is thousands of dollars worth right and then for her to untuck her hair right because for women at this time you're supposed to keep your hair covered because it's like this this intimate thing to have your hair down and so if you read any of paul's letters later on in the new testament there's even writing to timothy and to ephesus like hey here's how you need to tell your people to conduct themselves in worship he tells the women like don't wear fancy gold stuff don't reveal your body don't um, adorn your hair and let it down. For us, you're like, what in the world? And at the time, it was such a form of intimacy. So the fact that Mary ends up wetting Jesus' feet and washing them with this nard that's thousands of dollars and lets it her hair down and washes it with her hair, dries his feet with her hair, is such an intimate act. And it's not sexual. It's not inappropriate. It's just intimate. She yeah. knows what Jesus has done and who he is. And she is saying, I'm devoted to you. And this is like the greatest act of humility. So I'm going to give you everything I have literally to serve you. Well, I think another picture too that that I've read about was, this is kind of 
this isn't just her um, laying down what she has in a sense that like this is you know really expensive this is also her laying what she doesn't have this is her future this is her saying like hey as Ooh, me being like a, a woman word. and really when you enter into a relationship at that time like there's like the dowel you know all that language that like you give the the father and the husband gives the father and so this is her saying like i i have all that i am and all that i will ever be I entrust mm. to you yeah. and I lay at your feet. I've never thought of it like that. That's a good word. Um, I'm pretty sure that was in a Bible study that it's we did here in Emmanuel. So thank you, Jody and Sarah. Account and exactly. Account and exactly. I trust you and everything that I have and all that I am belongs to you. Yeah. One thing that I love about this story is what what happens next. Because right there, I mean, I love that in general, that Bernard. Yes. Because what happens, it says the end of verse four. Three, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, was who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold? And so we talked about this before on the podcast, how um, here's something that was like so costly and so endearing and so intimate and so special. And then essentially what's going on, and you guys have probably know that you know this too, when, when they're, let's say you're in a group setting. And there's some kind of act or something that has been said that's really vulnerable. It kind of sets the tone of the room. Mm-hmm. Like all of a sudden there's this atmosphere that's like, oh, we're going to go there. Yeah, we're going Okay. There. That's what just happened. That's the atmosphere of the room. Mary's created this atmosphere that's just like, whoa, like this is who Jesus next is. Level. This is the next level. And it exposes the sin. It exposes Judas and his heart because Judas is the one kind of, you know, keeping track of the money here. And he's saying, wait a second, you know, why are you doing this? And he's almost trying to shame her, like trying to say like, Mm. you know, this was silly. Like we could have done so many, we could have put this towards so many ministerial things. What are we doing? And then I love that Jesus comes, comes to her, her side in verse seven, leave her alone. Jesus replied, it was yeah. intended that she would save this perfume for the day of my burial. She gets it. Yeah. And so I, what an interesting picture I have in my brain as I read this and just kind of reread it and sit in it and understand the atmosphere. The perfume filled the whole room. And then out of this atmosphere of intimacy and vulnerability, there's exposure and there's sin. This guy's saying, oh, no, this is wrong. And Jesus is saying, no, yeah. you're wrong. God knows the motivations of our heart. Yeah. That's keep, a good let's keep that's going. a good word. But yeah. what happens next is Jesus had just brought Lazarus back from the dead. And mm-hmm. so he's hanging out with Mary and Martha and Lazarus and obviously the other disciples. Yeah. But Lazarus is back. And I just laugh. Like, poor Lazarus. This guy already went through the agony of dying. Who knows how terrible that was experience that was who doesn't know maybe the lord spared him what we'll to ask him only someday. to be brought back which i don't know whoever wants to leave <laughs> yeah. heaven and have to come back to he- earth you know only for him to have a bunch of jews <laughs> trying to assassinate him right oh it's so funny what, what verse is that specifically verse 10 so 10 the chief 11, priests yeah. made plans to kill lazarus as well for on account of him many of the jews were going over to jesus and believing in him why on account of him yeah well whenever there's a fruitful ministry yeah. or a fruitful life mm. um you can experience opposition and yeah. jesus is has lazarus told is us, proof like, of that yeah <laughs> experience hardship remember the world hated me first it's going to hate you as well and uh buckle up it's going to be an exciting ride and mm. so Expect opposition when you follow the Lord. What's interesting next is it transitions to the triumphal entry, and Jesus comes to Jerusalem as the king. He's not 
shying away from this. He is welcoming the worship. He's on the donkey fulfilling the prophecy from Zechariah. He's saying, I've arrived and my time has come. And so what happens now is now there's Jews and Gentiles who are like connecting the dots and realizing the Spirit's working in their heart. This is the Messiah. Right. Verse 20, it says, Now there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival, and they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request, Sir, we would like to see Jesus. And they Mm -hmm. went and connected them to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And it's just this beautiful connection to watch the kingdom of God come, and Jesus is letting them know, Okay, Mary just prepared me for my burial with the anointing. Now, let me tell you what's going to happen. I am going to be crucified. Verse 24, he says, Very truly I tell you, Unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. And so what Jesus is saying for his life and also for the lives of all the Christians, for you and for me, that for there to be life and growth, there needs to be death and service. Jesus Mm -hmm. says, you want to follow me? Take up your cross and follow me. Whoever wants to be first, God be last. Whoever wants to gain their life must lose their life. And whoever loses their life is going to gain their life. Mm. Jesus is saying, when you spill your life for me, you will experience life and life to the full now, but you'll be rewarded in the future. I can I hear my mm. grandpa, uh, yeah. Pastor Harold's voice in my, my ears talking about how nothing gets done, Clark, my boy, unless blood is spilled. And what he always meant was this. He said, you must give your life yeah. and pour yourself out for the Lord because that's what he did for us. And when you do that, there will be growth. There will be multiplication. There will be um, life experienced. And this is true for Jesus. And this is also true for us. And Mm -hmm. so that requires us to just constantly revisit where we're spending our time, our money, our resources, and saying, how can we better reallocate the purposes of our life for the kingdom of God? And is what we're doing of the Lord? And is what we're doing bringing about kingdom fruit because the stuff we might be doing might be fine. It might not be sinful, but is it bringing about kingdom fruit? And we're going to talk about that in Monday's podcast when Jesus is saying, I'm the vine, you're the branches, abide in me. You can't do anything apart from me. You must bear fruit. Um, We might be part of a soccer league with the kids, but is there any fruit being born from it? Hmm. And if there's not, then you need to get out of that league and repurpose your time or make that a mission field and say, I'm going to go. I'm going to give my life so that people would hear and know the love of Jesus. And so we got to think about what that means for each one of us individually. Yeah. That's a good word. I, as you continue to, I'm just still kind of wowed because as you continue the chapter, so Jesus talks about this voice that was heard. Do you have anything you want to camp on there? Yeah. I mean, three times there's this divine voice that speaks from heaven, Mm -hmm. the baptism, the transfiguration, and this right here. Right. Yeah. And so people are wondering, you know, who, what is that an angel? What just happened there? And then Jesus is kind of letting him know, like, yep, you heard that voice and it's for your benefit. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out. But I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw men to myself. Mm. So again, just explaining like the death that he's talking about here and what that means. Mm-hmm. And so as he continues to explain toward the end of the chapter, we get to this spot in verse 37 where even though people... Um, had seen the miraculous signs and they've, they're hearing this testimony about who the son of man is. And, and what about the, the law and all this stuff? People that were still having Jews not believe. Yeah. And so that's kind of really 
this is the beginning of in John. This is the beginning of Jesus's walk toward the cross. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I guess it started a little bit sooner, but we had Palm, the triumphal entry, Palm Sunday. And then now we have what is going to play out is people just the continued siphoning of people not believing yeah. and believing. And that's and, why if you were with us last couple of Sundays, we're preaching on John. That's why John uses the word sign and not miracle, I believe, is because a yeah. sign points to something that's greater than itself. Mm-hmm. And so anytime you're bumping into people who are like, hey, show us a sign or yeah. do a trick or do a miracle, Jesus is like, no, because I've already done many incredible acts, incredible signs and miracles, and you just want to be entertained and you're not looking at the one to whom the sign is pointing to. Yeah. And Jesus is saying, I have said all these things about me. I've said, I am God. I am who I am. I'm the bread of life. I'm mm-hmm. the light of the world. I am living water. I'm the shepherd. I'm the door. I'm the gate. All these things. And people still are not having him. Well, and there's all, like you're saying, there's there's so many different, what's the heart motivation? So I'm looking at here. So after Jesus, get, after Jesus is crying out, so that's after 42, 45. <sighs> nope, 43. I'll just read them both. Yet at the same time, many, even among the leaders, believed in him. But because of the Pharisees, they would not confess their faith Mm. for fear they would be put out of the synagogue. For they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. So we have people here that uh, they do have hard hearts. Then they don't want to, they don't want to have any of what Jesus is saying around. But then you have folks that are actually soft toward the message, but they fear the the rulers and the people that are, we got the printer going yeah, next to us. It's R2-D2 in the background. Um, but they fear men more than they fear the Lord. And so yeah. they want to, you know, they want to continue to have this status and this um, position in the synagogue. You know, they don't want to, because you're kind of seeing already that when you know truth, because what's happening is folks are invited to follow Jesus. Like, look at the disciples. So they're invited into the kingdom, and then they live following him. And so to essentially at this time say, like, I'm with that dude. I'm following that dude. That wasn't, you know, a place of status. That's a place of saying, I'm going to, and even now, like, I'm looking at us in 2023. When we hear the words, and we believe the words, and we come under the lordship of Jesus, that's saying, like, I my decisions what I think, what I spend my money on, my time on, like Clark's saying with these decisions about sports teams, all of it, that has to fall under the lordship of Jesus Christ. And that's another thing, even specifically now, I'll, t- I'll speak to parenting. Because when we now are with people 24 hours a day, seven days a week, not only your spouse, you know, you can see each other and for who you truly are. But now these little ones see like, oh, you know, well, this doesn't really match up with John 316, mom, or this is <laughs> what's going sure, on there. For sure. Well, when, when we have apologies and when we have moments where, you know, we missed it as mom, we missed it. That's actually when I come to my kids and I say, hey, I'm sorry for what just happened, which happens all the time. That's me showing my kids, I, even your mom, I come under the lordship of Jesus Christ and I need to apologize in this Mm. moment, whatever. All that's to say, let me bring it back to the chapter, is that there are folks, yes, their hearts were hard toward the message of Jesus. There were other folks, their hearts were soft and they were hearing and they were lingering, but because of their fear, they did not submit. They didn't want to... You don't have the yeah. the uh, 
um, stigmatism mm-hmm. of being with Jesus. Yeah. And so they, and, so they and Jesus out. closes out basically saying, I've come to save the world right now. I'm not judging the world right now. Right now. Yeah. He says, I'm coming back to judge later on. And everything I do, I do in accord with the Father. And so the Father and the Son, and we know the Holy Spirit's working and will be poured out and given to the Christian. Um, is on full display here for us to believe. And so we end with these words. Jesus says, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. And that's a beautiful and encouraging yeah. word. Mm-hmm. Whether you're new to following Jesus or you've been in Christ for a long time, continue to walk in the light as he is in the light. He'll continue to purify you from your sins and give you new life. It's First John 1, 7. And uh, it's an exciting place to be. That's where we're meant to live. That's where we're meant yeah. to exist, and God's going to be glorified. So thank you for tuning into the podcast today. We hope that you'll con- continue reading the Word on your own, talking about it, and uh, join us Sunday as we continue the sermon series on the Gospel of John. God bless you. The Lord bless you and keep you. Don't make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face towards you and give Him His peace. Have a great day.